Diffley. Welcome to Blue Rose, a criminal justice podcast hosted by Dr. Richard Diffley. So, as I was going through the editing of the first episode, I was, uh, useless to say, it's bad. Uh, the audio not so great. Um, the audio in this one's not going to be so great. I'm, like I said at the end of the last one, I'm working, I can only get better. But the flow didn't seem wasn't really where I wanted it to be. It kind of seemed um, jumbled and slapped together. But I do believe the idea of that episode was good. So instead of waiting a full week, I decided to record this one, which I am calling episode 1.5. To start off, let's go with the disclaimer from the last one. I'm not a licensed attorney. I am a doctor of criminal justice. I study the justice system. And for this Episode 1.5, I've compiled a list of some questions that I'm going to answer. First question is, what are the three major components of the criminal justice system? Well, the three major components are law enforcement, the courts, and corrections. Uh, So, and depending on who you talk to, they might include security as a sub- branch of law enforcement or its own component because it does function similar to law enforcement but it's not law enforcement the requirements are not the same Uh, I tend to think of it as a sub law enforcement thing it's the same idea uh, but it's nowhere near law enforcement law enforcement is far more educational, training-based, and security's not. I've worked security, and I've worked with law enforcement officers. The The quality of law enforcement officers is just so much greater than security. So, those are the major components. We'll be talking more about each component as this podcast goes on in a multiple different fashions. Like, the first one dealt with corrections more specifically incarceration rates uh there are other forms of corrections as there are parole and probation and different reform concepts and ideas the second question is what does decriminalization mean decriminalization uh the best way to talk about that is similar is to talk about like uh the states that decriminalize their marijuana laws it's still illegal at this time at the United States federal level but the states are no longer who decriminalized it are no longer prosecuting for them it's not legal or fully legal but it's also not something the justice system is going to put time and effort into prosecuting that's kind of the best way I can describe it it's it's in between ground between it's like it's 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 illegal or it's it's not criminalized it's 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 difficult to explain it's just they won't prosecute for that particular crime and it's not just the marijuana laws there's a whole lot of other things that are decriminalized on various levels of the justice system 
again, I'm not a attorney. Uh, an attorney would be able to answer that far more better than I can. Third question is, who funds the justice system or justice organizations? Well, that depends because there's government funding and then there's private organizations. There are private prisons and there are state funded prisons. So it really depends on who's funding it. It depends on what the states allow or what the federal government allows. Some areas might not allow private funding organizations. Others are pushing towards that uh, city I live by. It's about 30 miles away. They defunded the police completely, I believe, in 2012 or 14, right around there. And they replaced it with security. So the way that it works is that the security, the city funds a security organization which they respond to calls and they do respond or they did I don't know if they still have it they would essentially pull people over but then they would still need the county deputies to show up so it operates very much as a security officer they would they have their jurisdiction but they still need a actual law enforcement figure authority to show up whenever they're in contact with the public. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's, like I said, I don't know if they still do it or I, cause, because I haven't kept up on, on that particular city's law enforcement ideals. Fourth question is, what field of study does criminal justice fall under? Well, again, like with anything, criminal justice related, it's it's not a straight answer because criminal justice studies the justice system which can fall under public policy administration or government studies but it also can fall under uh, behavioral studies, uh, sociology, areas like that so it's it's a complex field because it takes in so much from so many different fields. Um, if you're looking to go for a degree in it, there, the two I really know are, or would recommend would be either public policy and administration or social and behavioral studies, which I went to a school that placed criminal justice under that. I also have a master's degree from the school School of Psychology from the university I went to in criminal justice, so even psychology can get into that. And like I said, it really depends on where the primary focus of the study is. Public policy administration would focus more on that the public policies administration. Behavioral is more like my dissertation was on biases, so that placed me in the behavioral aspect. So it really depends on what you're studying, on which area it's going to fall under, but the overall umbrella of what field it is of criminal justice I would say it's more sociology and then all these other branches kind of break off from that but that's just my opinion now you could talk to five different people who study criminal justice or criminology and you'll get five different answers or similar answers but they vary in different areas so 
Yeah, it really depends on who you talk to. <laughs> Question five is, are criminology and criminal justice the same? Mm, again, this depends on who you talk to. Criminal, uh, I, I would consider them very closely related, uh, but I've heard criminologists say that they're vastly different. The main areas and differences is that criminal justice studies the criminal justice system, like we mentioned before in question one, law enforcement, courts, corrections. Criminology is the study of crime, so they focus on crime, but I like to talk about, sorry, I, I like saying, well, if there wasn't a justice system, a system in place to regulate and penalize criminal offenses, well then there's no crime. So it's like, it, it, it really comes down to like a chicken and the egg, which came first. Um, even though you look through the, the history of criminal justice and criminology, it's very intertwined. It's hard to distinguish the separation of the two fields because they were, and in my opinion, are still very closely linked. Uh, but I would not call myself a criminologist just because I don't feel that my education, my education is in criminal justice, so I don't, I, I, I introduce myself as, I'm Dr. Richard Diffley, I'm a, I studied criminal justice. Not, I'm Dr. Richard Diffley, criminologist. I, I even correct people that call me a criminologist because I study the whole system, not just individual crime, but I do study criminals in, in passing, if that makes sense. And so anyway, let's let's move on to the next question. Six, and the question number six is, why was the criminal justice system created? Well, in my book, that's the million dollar question because I'm very fascinated by the history of criminal justice. Um, if you look through history, there's you'd be hard-pressed to find a culture or civilization that didn't have some kind of penalized for breaking social norms. The The first written document is the Code of Hammurabi. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. It, but it was in response to people coming into the, the ancient city and breaking a law and going, well I, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. So they literally wrote down if you do this, you can expect this, and this, the Code of Hammurabi is where we get the eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, an arm for an arm, an arm for a leg, or a leg for a leg. So, it was really, in my, again, in my opinion, the criminal justice system was created in response to individuals breaking social norms, and the people of the community looking for a response to those actions. Uh, when exactly this happened, I have no idea. Like I said, the Code of Hammurabi is the first documented known criminal code, but it, like I said, it was in response to people feigning or claiming ignorance of the law. So yeah, it's a very interesting. I'd like, I, I, I'm constantly looking into history of criminal justice systems in different cultures 
throughout time. So yeah, number six is really hard to answer. And like I said, I would love to answer it more completely. Number seven is, how has the criminal justice system changed over time? Well, we could use a whole episode to talk about this one. Going back to number six, um, the I-49, a tooth for a tooth thing. If you look into Herculea, it's a it's a city that was buried at the same time as Pompeii. They actually have it's actually better preserved, but the, Pompeii gets all the visitors because of the the, the famous uh, bodies that were found that are so well preserved in uh, volcanic ash. Herculea actually is closer and to the volcano, and the documents there are still preserved. They're uh, a wax carving on a wood plate. So obviously the wax is gone, but the carving through the wax is still on the wood, and uh, scientists were able to able to read it. And one of them was, if you steal you'll be, you you pay a fine or you get flogged or whipped. Well, in my understanding is if you were a Roman citizen, you could not be a Roman citizen if you were flogged for a crime. So it was kind of a big deal. A, a pretty good deterrent. Uh, criminal justice is, the, the general idea is deterrence. You do this action, you can expect this action in return. So it was, the way it changed over time was not as barbaric as people like to make it out to be. There's always kind of been a fining system. But it's changed over time, um, especially from England. Jeremy Bentham established the first, this, this, that the prison system we have today. Because before that, there was no real place to put criminals for long term. They were either exiled or hung. But then there's the prison systems that came into play where people could be sent, worked, or... But they were um, nasty places. <laughs> uh, Robert Peel started the modern policing service. Uh... So it's really changed as the evolution changed, like new concepts come in. Uh, like I said, we could talk about this for hours. Um, yeah, it's it's gone from extremes to subtleties, I believe, in punishments. There's also there was also a reform aspect like community service, probation programs, substance abuse counseling versus just straight up punishment, physical, monetary, or psychological. And because the, the very first prisons were completely solitary, you didn't talk to anybody, you didn't talk unless spoken to by a guard or officer. 
Oh, they called them guards back then. So it, it really did change a lot over time. Like I said, we can get into this a lot more later, in a later episode. Question 8 is, what is plea bargaining in the criminal justice system? Well, like I said, I'm not an attorney. <laughs> but the general concept of plea bargaining is somebody's accused of a crime, they plead not guilty, or they plan on pleading not guilty, the defense attorney, prosecuting attorney, get together, they come up with a bargain. If the defendant accepts, they plead guilty and accept the plea bargain, which in a lot of cases is a lesser sentence, maybe probation versus jail or prison time, or jail and prison time instead of a death penalty. It, it's really, it's, it's a, it's a way to keep the justice system moving. Otherwise, it would, if there weren't, if there was not plea bargaining, it would almost be a standstill. Like, nobody, I, I'm, from time of, the actual charge to the court date would be years instead of <laughs> the generous 18 months that it is now. That's, that's a little sarcasm right there. <laughs> Number nine is criminology a science? Well, yes, criminology is a science. So is criminal justice. They follow the scientific method. Uh, like I said in the other question, it, I consider, you know, they branch off from the sociology branch or public policy and administration branch. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're both sciences. Question 10 is, who is Jack the Ripper? Well, I have a theory on that. But it's just a theory. There is absolutely no way at this time to prove whether or not a single person was Jack the Ripper. The, the crime scenes were poorly managed. Uh, law enforcement was still, in my opinion, considered in its infancy. And there was not the forensics knowledge or capability back then to even, even uh, narrow down the suspect list, I mean, this, there's literally hundreds, if not thousands, of people who are accused of being Jack the Ripper. But, yeah, it's, it's, at this point, I believe it's all speculation. We probably could narrow it down to uh, a small list of prime suspects. But determine which one it actually was. I don't know. Some people like to say it was H.H. Holmes. He, he's infamous for being uh, labeled as, I believe, the first serial killer. And depending on where you look, it places him in England at the time, but I don't believe it's him. Like I said, I do have a theory, and I plan on making a full episode on just what my theory is in the future. I don't know if it's going to be next week, week after that, maybe a few months, because I'm still researching it, verifying a few things. But yeah, 
those are my 10 questions that I felt would help establish what this podcast is about because I do not believe my first episode fully captured what I plan on talking about in the future. So that is why I call this episode 1.5. I hope you were able to get something out of this. Clear some things up. I know I confused on some because I did not go into great detail. But like I said, this is a semi-scripted show. I had the I had the 10 questions and I kind of just answered them the best I could off the top of my head. Uh, we go into the future when I talk about these individually. If I talk about them individually or we go into other areas, I will be able to talk about these concepts a lot more detailed and articulate. So thank you for listening to this podcast and I look forward to continuing to grow this podcast as I move on in in the future. Have a good day. Thank you.